You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. What's up, guys? Welcome into Good Morning Lambo. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. You can text us 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim live in Green Bay. We're down here in Florida. Hopefully it's not too echoey. Um, we got the mic and everything set up, but just going to try to do the best we can uh, for a few days till we get back home into Tennessee. So just want to thank everybody for swinging through. I know we got a full house in here. A lot of guys and gals hanging out. Omer in the house. We got Nick McSwain, Jen Wright. Uh, let's see, Brenton, Indiana. Good to see you in here, buddy. Good morning. Um, who else we got in here? Freddie Roper. What's up, Freddie? Yeah, we got a, we got a whole slew in here. I'm going to try to get to the comments, guys. Understand, I'm working off a tablet right now, one of these Microsoft Surface tablets that you've seen many Packer fans and coach or Packer players and coaches sling across the sideline yesterday, I'm sure. <laughs> so, hopefully uh, – You got a new one for, for Joe Barry? Yeah, get him, get him a new exactly. service tablet. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll muscle through this thing all right, though. But uh, so you know, yesterday was a tough loss. There's no two ways about it. You know, this is this is the one this year where you look at and you go, okay, yeah. You know, like last week, last week we were talking about take your pick, who to put the blame on, right? You could blame the the muff punt, you could blame the defense, you could blame the offense turning the ball over twice, right? Um, yesterday. It was pretty unanimous for me. I mean, it's it was like ninety percent on the defense, and I don't I don't think anybody's hearing that going really. Clay, you think so? No, it was it was bad, and you know when you see how they played them, you had multiple bodies in position to make a play on some of these inside you know inside routes from the slot, and many people were why, why is Dre Campbell covering Goblin because you're playing zone right. Um, the problem was with Campbell. He was just. I'm trying to. I'm trying to keep it respectful, and we don't know how much of it's the injury. But Tim, he was just. He was late to everything. I know you said that. That you know you kind of noticed it too, and we're, we're going to talk about that specific play where you know many people were like, "How in the world did he not pick this off and take it for six? There was a couple plays like that where you could just see Keyshawn late to the ball, and you know the the frustrating part for me is. When you play bend but don't break, when you play a zone defense, the the ultimate plan there, the game plan is okay. We're we're going to concede a thousand, uh, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts, right? We're going to give you that, but we're not going to give you the big play. But when you're late to rallying to the ball to the point, they catch the ball and they're able to take it for a touchdown for or a huge gain. I mean, there were so many explosive plays. Matt Lafleur talked about it too. I would love to see the number of explosives. I'll probably chart that when I get back into town, if I get a chance to watch the tape, not watch the tape, but do chalk talk. Um, it's like the worst of both worlds in that situation. Now, hindsight's twenty twenty. If you look back and go, okay, we knew they were going to have the explosive plays, then you play zero coverage. <laughs> what do you got to lose, right? You bring the house. You play press man and bring the house. But uh, the thing that stood out to me, Tim, 
after sleeping on it too and watching the tape once time one time through, the D, they were uninspired. Like these players did not want to be out there. They didn't want to play for this coaching staff. And and some people were going, well, it's Joe Barry. You get rid of Joe Barry, it fixes it. Listen, Joe Barry, if Joe Barry is not fired, I will be very, very surprised. And and rightfully so after yesterday. And and not so much as as the scheme, as you as we'll point out here in a minute with some awesome tweets from Andy Herman and other people across, you know, the Packers, uh, you know, they cover the Packers on Twitter and 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 on their own pods and everything. But the coaching staff in general is like, how do you how does your team come out that flat in a in a playoff atmosphere at home? Um, they just weren't prepared. They weren't prepared. And there's no other way. This is way. not a new trend either. This is not new. It's 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 ramping up every single week. It's like, you know, it, it, yes, you you're streaky, right? You go on that little streak and they looked absolutely awesome during that streak. I know people were still bashing the defense, but as we were pointing out, look at the points they're allowing. They're playing they're playing pretty good given how many injuries, how many people are not on that, you know. And again, everybody was like, "Well, we'll get Stokes back. We'll get Stokes back." That's one of the precious first round picks we've talked about now for however many years. He played a half and then pulled himself. From what I understand, he pulled himself. So, like, this whole narrative that this defense is just loaded with talent is – it's not accurate. Even the guys that are, quote, unquote, first-round picks, outside of Kenny Clark in the pass rush, you can't even say it really in the run game. You know, what What have they done on the field? And with Dre Campbell, I'm just going to say it. I, you know, I told Tim I probably wouldn't say this on the air because I don't – you know, I try not to be the guy that bashes players or – or anything like that. You know, I just want to show what's on the tape. Hey, look, let's let's not keep it personal. Let's not, you know, get personal with it. I'm not trying to, but Dre Campbell was one of those linebackers who overachieved in Green Bay. Like, he was not highly touted across the league. And he comes in and he just, I mean, he just blows the doors off. And it's like, man, Goody did it again. He found another one. He found another one, right? So he had that great year and then had a decent year and now he's battling injuries, but we're at the point now where it's like, okay, is it the injuries or is this the baseline of what everyone else in the league seen in, in Dre Campbell? Um, I hope that's not the case, but, Tim, it was tough watching that yesterday, man. The last two weeks just – and, again, this is not just me, Clayton, the, the the redneck podcaster going, hey, look, this guy's playing well. These are – you got Mike Wall talking about it, going, hey, guys, we got to make a switch to McDuffie. When you talk about you, – you kind of – the, the the choices, the decision you made essentially was Dre Campbell and Preston Smith. We're moving forward with them. We're going to let Z go, right? And I know Zadarius caused some stink, much like, you know, about the captain's thing, just like Jair did last year. But those, those are the decisions you made. Preston's been pretty stout. But ever since Dre got that contract, and I'm not su- suggesting he's not playing because he got paid. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just simply saying right, right when you kind of throw a little bit of the book at him, the, you know, the, you throw the checkbook at him, Bang, his, his his play dropped off. So not looking like a good move from Goody there. And and I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I was going, hey, don't do this. I was all about it. Dre was playing so well. It's just tough, Tim. Um, what's your initial thoughts on that before we get into Andy Herman's kind of uh, uh, opinion on it? I think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. Um, you know, he was kind of underappreciated and, you know, kind of kind of like average in, in Atlanta, you know, kind of over – underappreciated maybe slightly overlooked down there and i and i'm sure he felt that way a little bit because he talks very fondly of his time here in green bay and how happy he is to be a packer um but i think you're looking at a you know an, uh, a middle linebacker that is you know let's be honest he's getting older 
he's getting older he's aging and um he's battling multiple injuries throughout this year again these aren't excuses these are facts you know he hurt one ankle one week and hurt another one the next he's had shoulder issues um we've been having this kind of musical chair rotation with our middle linebackers um i think it's just uh it's tough it's tough because I try to read body language when I'm watching these games. And when I'm watching Dre out there with the green dot yesterday and I'm seeing Tampa Bay and Baker, they're all doing this, they're barking commands. And my eye is immediately going to my green dot and watching what we're doing. And Dre's kind of just staying there. There was no adjustment being made. We saw that a lot. There was a lot of pre-snap adjustment by Tampa yesterday and a lot of us just staying in what we were in and it wasn't working um you know i attribute the things like being late to the flat or late to the ball late in coverage like i said that could be injury that could be a guy that's still nursing issues um but yeah the the uninspired performance by basically everybody on that defense with the exception of a few guys up front i think um that's a bigger that's a bigger issue you know and i I, i'm kind of with you clayton you know if that I, I walked away from that game yesterday thinking, well, this is this will be the one that gets Joe fired. You know, right. I think I think a lot of us felt that way that, you know, after, you know, say what you want these last couple seasons, after we see this, that I, I, I totally understand why people are calling for his head now. Um, but yeah, at some point we got to look at our personnel too, guys. You know, players have to make plays. You can complain about scheme all you want. Scheme doesn't have anything to do with effort. And if you're a professional in any field, it doesn't matter what your feelings are. You go out and do your job. So if there's something going on in the locker room with uh, with this team or, or lack of faith in the coaching staff, I mean, somebody's got to step up and be a leader and, and really lead this team, you know, and, and kind of cut out the noise and look at what's in front of you and go get it done out there on the field, you know? So, yeah. Um, no, man. You just – part of me is also like look at all the injuries on defense. You know, if you go into the season and you say, okay, you're going to be without – you know, and you name off the, the entire list. I know every team deals with injuries. There's just a part of me, I don't know, just a small percentage that's still sitting here like, are we judging this fairly? You know what I mean? You go back and watch the tape and you go, hell yeah. <laughs> it was that bad. Like – these are professional football players, so even the backups shouldn't look that bad. And and, and the spots that were bad were actually the starters, right? Um, let's talk about the PFF recap, and then we'll get to Andy Herman's tweet and a video he pointed he put uh, put out, which I almost responded to several people on Twitter about this video because they were screaming, "This is cover three. Um, and 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 I was looking at it, going, "If it's cover three, then somebody didn't get the memo on the other side." And guess who that person would have been? Carrington Valentine. So. You know, and immediately, I know he had a great camp. I was ex- as excited as anyone being a Kentucky fan, but guys, he's a seventh round pick. You can't put it on him. You know what I mean? Like, what do you, yeah. if you were to tell me, hey, look, a seventh, you've got a seventh round rookie who's underperforming, I'd go, and <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. there's a reason he fell to the seventh round. But uh, PFF recap, let me read it real quick for you guys. Offensive spotlight, several members of the Buccaneers' offense. We're cooking in this game. Uh, Baker Mayfield finished with a perfect passer rating of 158.3, averaging 13.6 yards per attempt. 
Uh, Mayfield's top target was Chris Godwin. Remember we were talking about he may miss the game. Imagine if he had. Who caught 10 of his 11 targets for 155 yards, averaging 5.1 yards per route run. And Rashad White was excellent from the backfield. White caught two passes for 50 yards and a touchdown to go along with his 85 rushing yards, 65 of which came after contact. Defensive spotlight. Green Bay's coverage defense was awful, with players earning ugly PFF grades almost almost across the board. They had two forced incompletions combined, but allowed 84.6% of the passes thrown to be completed, amassing just one defensive stop on those passing plays. And then rookie spotlight, Green Bay's rookie skill position players on offense continue to impress. Tucker Craft caught four passes for 57 yards and a touchdown, moving the chains three times. Dontavian Wicks and Jaden Reed each caught six passes and combined uh, notch seven first downs with each averaging over three point yards per route run. And the thing about those two young guys too, um, Tim, was uh, Wicks on third down, man. I love everybody on Twitter saying third and Wicks, third and Wicks. I, I love that uh, as a nickname for sure. Put that on a card, put that on a sports card. So let's get to the uh, the defensive aspect real quick with the spotlight. Andy Herman put this out. And you see him pointing on the screen, right? First of all, look at the hashtags on the right. Cracks me up. Fire Joe Barry, then internet down. <laughs> so there you go. That was pretty much uh, the gist of it this morning uh, when I screenshot it. So at Andy Herman, NFL said, this guy scored a touchdown on this play. And look where his finger is. He's he's sandwiched in between two defenders, one of which is not even a yard away from him. And that's Dre with his hands out, ready to pick this pass. This is the pass that it would have been a pick six two years ago from Dre Campbell. We've seen it in Washington. We've seen it, you know, over and over and over. This is what he does. This is why they went and got him. He is uh, essentially a very, very athletic coverage linebacker. But you just see him losing a step, and I don't know if it's with the injuries or what. But to think, on this play right here, this guy ended up scoring a touchdown. Look at how many defenders are around him. Also, look right at Andy's thumb knuckle there. That I'm pretty sure that's either Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. Look at him being double covered. So when you look at this coverage and, and how Barry was putting guys in position to make plays, how in the world this guy scores a touchdown on, the, on this play is just unbelievable. It's, it's almost like the rest of the defense expected Dre to pick it off, especially the other defender that's closest to him. So that was a tough look there, right? And then Andy put out this video here. I'm going to play real quick, which is a phenomenal job. This is the play where everyone was going, um, you know, it was cover three and Rudy blew it and this and that. If it's cover three, there's a, there's a lot more that goes into this than just, okay, it's a cover three zone. If it was cover three, why did Stokes allow Mike Evans to get behind him? I understand allowing him to break to the inside, but if it's cover three, then his responsibility is to be deep down the sideline. Andy will point out opposite the field, which is what I said, is if you're saying it's cover three, then somebody blew the coverage on the opposite side, right? So to me, I see two, at least a minimum of two players on the field did not play their assignment correctly. Here we go. So this was a play that got talked about in the post-game press conference. This was the touchdown to Mike Evans, where you see Eric Stokes is expecting safety help. And Alaflor said, you know, hey, he thought maybe the, the safety in this case, Rudy Ford, spent a little too much time trying to disguise his coverage and his look and didn't get over there quick enough, said he'd have to go back and look at the film, which he repeated on multiple occasions. But so here's what we see. We see he's late. Stokes is expecting safety help, and it's an easy touchdown to Mike Evans. So what is Rudy Ford thinking, right? Well, how about we're thinking that there's literally nobody that's gonna go with that guy either. 
So even if Rudy Ford does, in fact, get over to Mike Evans on this play and help Eric Stokes out, number 10 is going to chill wide open for a touchdown. Rudy Ford gets put in no man's land here. If he goes with the, the Mike Evans side, 10's wide open. If he goes with 10, Mike Evans is wide open. Uh, you know, maybe he's supposed to come and help Eric Stokes, but again, we've got nobody on number 10 up here. Either way, this is the day that it was for the Packers defense. Guys open all over the field. So there you go. As we take it back here, is it real glitchy, Tim, or is it playing smooth? No, it's playing pretty smooth. All right, good deal. Smooth as this ugly play can can look. <laughs> right. So let's play it back with no sound here. And, and again, go give Andy Herman a, a retweet on this. Just a, a great job breaking down the tape and kind of getting this this footage out really, really quick. So when you look at it, if it is cover three, then that means Stokes, deep third, Rudy deep third, even though Rudy is kind of playing the hash here, right? And it means someone else opposite them is supposed to be covering deep third, which should be Carrington Valentine, right? Or it should be um, Quay Walker. I personally think it was Carrington Valentine that was supposed to drop deep on that other side. But look at Stokes right here. If it is cover three, he's beat. See how he's flat-footed? Yep. So it kind of made me think, is it a cover two zone? Is it zone match right here? Look, he gives him a little shake outside, and you see Stokes is going to kind of kind of slam. Focus on Stokes. Everybody's focusing on Rudy, but focus on Stokes here. What was his responsibility, right? To me, it looks like he's, it's supposed to be cover three, and he's playing too aggressive. That's what it looked like to me. Now, he's looking to pass it off to Rudy at this point, but like he said, you've got the other guy running the climb, running the crosser on the opposite side. As he zooms out here, you'll get a better look at it. See number 10 right there. Now, here's what I'm talking about. At the bottom of the screen in the lower right, you see Quay. Obviously, he didn't think he was supposed to cover deep third, nor should he on a normal cover three unless you're running some kind of invert. On the other side, you've got Carrington Valentine if you see him coming to the picture. To me, it looks like Carrington Valentine was playing zone match. Mm -hmm. So what it comes down to is you just got miscommunication all the way across the board. Now, again, people – you know, you want to blame you want to blame the coaches, you want to blame the players, whatever you want to blame. I don't care, right? Um, the pro the point is it's a problem. That's the point. And if the coaches aren't relaying the message or getting through to the players, then that's on the coaches. It's that simple. Um, what's your take on it, Tim? I know we watched it offline too. What do you think, man? I mean, my take is that there's there, there's multiple things going on here, and as much as we as fans would like to neatly put it into a a box that it's all on one person or this is the issue and fire this guy and everything gets better. I refuse to believe that, you know, there is something going on with this, especially with this defense. And, um, you know, maybe it goes to the point where, you know, if these guys just don't believe in what they're being asked to run at this point, then this is the play we get. We're going to get guys going rogue. We, we can run back. Let's run back, you know, 500 plays of Keyshawn Nixon, you know, cheating on his, on his assignment. Because, you know, a player only does that if they're not com they're not not comfortable, but if they don't believe in the call, right. you know, you're, you're being asked for here's your assignment. You know, last week he was biting and cheating inside. Now, you know, yesterday we saw him cheating to the flat and he's getting burned up, you know, up the hash. So you only do that if you feel like whatever calls coming in that, oh, you're you're not liking that, you know, so. Yeah, it's probably Joe Barry, but th there's other things going on too, guys. And um, I, I'm not a uh, Barry apologist, contrary to popular belief. Um, I do think he should go. Uh, however, I'm not in the camp of everything's going to magically get better overnight because we fired our defensive coordinator. I mean, I think you're real naive if you believe that. 
Um, and I don't, I, I said it last night and I'll say it again. I don't, I don't see that making a, a, a drastic impact on the rest of this season. I really don't. So if he loses his job today, you know, great. You know, the Barry haters will be, will be happy and ecstatic. And, you know, if this team goes down to Carolina and drops another game, they should have won. What are people going to say then? So right. I'm a firm believer in change is only good if it's for the better. Miss me with the conversations of bringing in NCAA coaches that are going to let, look, let's give a guy a, his first crack in the NFL. Let's give him the defense. That'll, that'll improve things. So <laughs> You know, I'm over it. Just like I've heard everything suggested under the sun. I've heard Robert Sala suggested as a candidate. Boy, are people going to get mad when they find out he likes to run quarters. So I I don't know. It's not a one-size-fits-all. Um, yeah, there might need to be personnel change. There might need to be player changes or uh, coaching changes, position coaching uh, changes. It's going to be a lot to unpack here uh, after these next three games play out. My money's on Joe Barry finishes the year out. And even if that's just because of the nepotism of, of him being LaFleur's buddy, I think there's a respect there. And I don't, I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to fire him until the season's over, to be honest with you. That's just my gut opinion on it. Yeah. That's the other thing too, you know, the people who are screaming for Robert Sala, I mean, look, it may be a good hire. Some, some guys are good DCs and bad head coaches, right? That yeah. happens all the time. It happened with Dan Quinn. You know, Dan Quinn was a great DC in Seattle. He goes and takes a job as a head coaching job in, in Atlanta, ends up getting fired a, a few years later, and then goes to Dallas, and he's a great D.C. again. It could be the case. But this whole thing of he's got to stop hiring his friends, I hate to break it to you. That's how the league works. And not only that, but if you're saying, if you're saying, I hate him hiring his friends, look at him hiring Joe Barry, and in the same breath you're screaming, hire Robert Sala. Matt LaFleur and Robert Sala were college uh, roommates they yeah. are best friends best friends so if you're wanting to say he shouldn't have hired his buddy barry we should go get robert sala you might want to rethink that a little bit in the hobby it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks we get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value jordan love card but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates it's all just a shot in the dark until now introducing slab packs from arenaclub.com the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. I personally don't have an issue with someone hiring a friend. I don't. I think there's probably real communication there, to be honest with you, as opposed to bringing in someone that you don't know. But you got to have the pelts on the wall. Robert Sala has the pelts on the wall from Sam Fran. New York's had a good defense while he's been there, too. I, I don't think he's a bad candidate if he loses his job. The problem is I don't see him losing his job. I mean, I could be wrong, but I just don't see him losing his job. Um Freddie Roper in the chat. We'll get cleaned up here real quick, guys. Freddie Roper says, Barry has lost his players. They don't want to play for him. It's hard to disagree with that, Freddie. That's what it felt like, uninspired. And there, some of the comments after the game, too, um, I think it was Keyshawn Nixon said they schemed us up. Guys, that's that's not just a, oh, I didn't mean anything by it. When you say they schemed us up, it means they outcoached us, period. Right? Now, everybody's upset about the zone zone-heavy defense that we ran yesterday. But they don't want to mention that Keyshawn Nixon gave up the 32-yarder last week to put them in field goal range, they being the Giants. So it's not just that you play man coverage that fixes this. Um, we've seen both sides now. I hate to say it, but Key can't play either. It sucks. Like the dude <laughs> wanted it to pan out. Go back and listen to my podcast in the offseason. I was excited about Keyshawn Nixon. This guy's a football player. Look at the way he attacks the ret- return game. Look at how he's fearless in punt returns. He's willing to, you know, hit people on special teams. He might be just the nickel we need. I was wrong, you know, as I am many times. But uh, let's see here. Jen right in the chat says, besides the D-line and Valentine look like a high school team out there. Valentine did some good things. I agree with that to a certain extent. He's still making mistakes, but, man, what else can we expect from a seventh rounder? You know, Nick McSwain in the chat says, if they do get rid of Barry, I hope they get a former player. feel like someone that has been there before would be beneficial. Um, I think there is something to that. I think players do respond differently to former players. I mean, you're seeing it out there in Vegas right now with uh, – is it is it Antonio Pierce? Am I thinking right? I'm trying to remember the name. Yeah. You know, obviously, he was a linebacker for the uh, for the Giants that that uh, that beat the Patriots there a couple times in the two early two thousands, early to I guess the the twenty tens, you should say. Uh, Doug in the chat says a lot of people talking up the DC in Carolina. We'll get to see him this week. I don't even know who the DC is. I'm about to start digging into that stuff. Once if we are eliminated from playoff contention, I'll start digging into it heavier. Um, but right now, I'm still you know kind of hey, football is going to be over real soon. There's going to be plenty of time to talk about this stuff in the offseason. So I'm trying to really key in on, okay, we've got live football. Whether they're playing good football or bad football, I think we would all agree bad football is better than no football. So let's make sure that we hang on to that as long as we can. Uh, Jen Wright said, new culture, attitude, juice. That's what it felt like yesterday, Jim. It was just flat, flat as a hammer. Freddie Roper says, at this point, bench Campbell and get Nixon off of the defense. You know, we've been talking about Nixon for a few weeks now and saying, hey, maybe we need to try someone else there, let him key key back in on kick return, which, again, yesterday you've seen some more mistakes on, on kick return. Um, you know, it, it wasn't nothing like blaring, but he's just – you feel comfortable now saying, hey, that was an anomaly, what we've seen last year, right? Um, I don't think it's the, it's the regular. Um, Jen Wright says, the pick of Gary by himself on the bench broke my heart. It was tough. Did you see that one, Tim? Yeah, that was uh, Caden took that took that shot, I believe, at the game. I love Gary, man. He just you could tell it 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 means more to him than probably anyone else on the roster, and that it's, it says a lot. He's just I'm so glad they got that contract done. 
Um, Green Ranger in the chat says, Dontavian Wicks looks like a dog. Did you guys see that yak? Yeah, I mean, he is, he's different, man. He's different. And it's exciting because this is exactly what Greg Cosell talked about. You know, this kid gets it. I'll never forget him saying that. I wish I could find it. I've looked everywhere for that clip. I can't remember whose podcast he was on, but he does like four or five different podcasts, plus he does NFL matchup. But he just said, this kid gets it. And I, I put it in my notes. He's like my head scout when I build my draft board. It, when I get to the end of the draft, I go and say, okay, now I've got the list compiled at the end of the draft prep, I should say. I got the list compiled. What did Greg Cosell say about these players? Did he talk about any of these players? And they get extra bonuses because Greg Cosell noticed something on tape. Wicks was one of those guys. Um, I think I gave him a plus five, moved him up five slots on the draft board just because uh, uh, Greg Cosell was so high on him. So, yeah, I think Wicks is going to be a great player for sure. Um, Brent in Indiana talking about the play we were looking at. Why is he looking for help? It's cover three. That would be his own. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, Brent. That's it. If it's here's the problem. If it's cover three, he played it wrong. If it's man coverage, he played it really wrong. We know it's not man coverage. We can rule that out. If it was quarters, he played it wrong because he should have been closer to the boundary, right? No, no matter what it was, you know, with Rudy being on that left hash initially and him being able to be willing to pass that other receiver off so fast and try to get back to Evans, I think Rudy was wrong too. Rudy got caught looking a little bit, but to just say, oh, it's cover three, it's like. And then Carrington on the other side was following a drag underneath, if I remember correctly, like a little a little yep. shallow uh, dig. So it's like, okay, if it's cover three, he played it wrong too because if you're playing a normal cover three spot drop, then you can't you can't bite underneath with any kind of zone match because the other guys on the other side of the field are expecting you to pick up that cross or coming across. So at this point, man, you kind of you want to you want to keep a hybrid approach to playing defense. You really do. You want to kind of take it opponent by opponent. I don't want a just a ninety percent zone defense. I don't want just a ninety percent man coverage defense. You want a hybrid version. I'm just telling you right now, if you're going to go find someone to run a defense. Um, as a defensive coordinator, there's a couple of different organizations I would like to start with looking. Um, yep. You know, at the top of the list, Baltimore, uh, New England. New England is just – I mean, they are just littered with great young defensive minds in that organization. One being Stephen Belichick, which I think he'll probably go with his dad no matter where he goes. Gerard Mayo, what it's going to come down to, their D.C. Robert Kraft, if he decides to not promote – Gerard Mayo to head coach once Bill does leave this year. And it sounds like it's almost a done deal. Um, if he doesn't promote him, then that means the next coaching staff he brings in is probably going to replace him. So there's a good chance that he would be gone. Gerard Mayo would be at the top of the list for me too. Um, Dallas is doing great things. I know people are throwing Al Harris around. I think there's better candidates on yep. that coaching staff than Al Harris, just that are more experienced. But I like Al Harris as a, as a uh, position coach. You know, oh, or, yeah. an assist, yeah. or an assist. I'd like him down there, but I there's nothing to make me believe that he's gonna, you know, draft the defensive playbook and put in a system. Um, right. I think he'd be he'd be a better asset as a position coach. Yeah, um, Chris in the chat says uh, with the super chat, thank you, buddy. He said, Tim, who do you like as DC? Give us a name or two. Dennis Allen, Todd Bowles. I don't know. You know, I, I don't. <laughs> and we don't even know who's available yet. You know, yeah, I mean? well, you know, Are these guys going to lose their jobs as head coaches. Right. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, as far as who I like, I don't know. It all depends on what what do we want to do? Do we if we're going to dump the system, 
we're going to go with an entirely new scheme, then I've got some homework to do. I've been spending, spending a lot of time, you know, studying country quarters. <laughs> and if we're going to bring someone in, that's going to, you know, you know, are we talking complete overhaul? Are we talking like we're out of the three, four and we're switching the entire approach? You know, mm-hmm. are we not, are we not doing zone match principles? Are we not doing quarters? Are we, you know, what, what is the move? Um, so I don't know. I mean, there's a few, those are a few names that come to mind, I guess. But yeah, or like you said, you know, can we get Dan Quinn? <laughs> yeah. can we bring, bring Dan Quinn in here? Probably not, you know. And and yeah, we talk about, you know, Bill. Well, I don't think Bill's going to come come to Green Bay and be a coordinator. I really don't. Um, you know, maybe crazier things have happened, hey, I dude, guess. Bring but, it on. If it's yeah, possible, bring, bring it on. But I just don't see it, you know. You guys yeah. know, I would lose my mind. I would, I don't know what I would do. If Bill Belichick was the DC in Green Bay, I would, um, you, it, whether he's washed up or not, you know what I mean? And he could be right. on his way. He's like 72 years old, 73 years old. I'm 41. I can barely get out of bed in the morning. This dude's still grinding tape and sleeping four hours a night, coaching the team, G, you know, general managing. Now, granted, they look like Dookie right now. So uh, maybe that, uh, yeah, maybe that's it, right? But, uh, all right, let's see here in the chat. Um, oh, I have one pulled up. Dang it. Where'd that go? I wanted to hit on that too. Did not uh did not have it marked either. Daggum it, man. That was a good one too. I wanted to hit on that because uh, uh oh yeah, here we go. Was that it? Yeah, I think it was it. I'm gonna I'm gonna hate to say this, but I hope Carolina beats us because I don't want to win. Uh, and everyone thinks Barry is the best DC in the league again. Steve, no listen, here's a problem I got with that, man. Name one person who said Joe Barry was the best defensive coordinator in the league. Does anybody in the chat, can you name drop anyone who said Joe Barry is the best DC in the league? Can you name anyone who said he's a top five DC in the league? A top 10 DC in the league? Our opinion has been all year long, I think he's middle of the pack. He's probably right around 15. He's showing top 10 in scoring and everything else looks horrible. So, I, I don't know a single person on the planet Earth that said Joe Barry is the best DC in the league. If you're being sarcastic, I apologize for not picking up on it. But that's uh, yeah, I feel like that was just kind of a little. That's uh, a little crazy. Jen Wright says Wick said he had a hot has a high ankle sprain. That's crazy. You know, some of the best players in history, they're just able to play through pain like that. He looks different, man. I don't know how else to describe it. The, the not only the way that he runs routes, but he's got strong hands. And as soon as he, he catches the ball, smoke so smooth. And as soon as he catches the ball, he's upfield. There's no hesitation. And it's like he's got eyes in the back of his head. He knows exactly where every defender is to where he's not just running into a huge hit. That's something Jaden Reed's got to work on. Jaden Reed's looked excellent this year. Don't get me wrong. But man, he's he's real bad about catching that ball and putting his face right into a defender without knowing they're there. Um, you know, Tay Wicks just looks smooth, man. He he reminds me of a young Tay Adams. He really does. Um, but uh, got a long way to go before you catch up to the goat there. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Jim and the chat said had tra- uh, had to chase the trash barrels down the street. Heck of a storm today, Jim. Hey, buddy. Hope everything's okay. I know I just got down here to Florida. They had some pretty rough storms roll through. It sounded like. Um, but uh, hopefully you guys are staying safe, man. And uh, if you need something, holler at us, man. We'll uh, we'll do everything we can to help you, but. I'm not even sure where you're located at and what storms you're dealing with, but just stay safe out there, buddy. Uh, Dennis Shook said, Clayton uh, saw on IG that Ja deleted all Packers-related posts. I was going to try to stay away from this topic because um, you guys know I put a tweet out 
it was I had like two or three people DM me last night. As soon I mean, as soon as I landed on the runway in Orlando, my phone got service again. Brrr, looked down and I had several DMs going. Jai deleted his Instagram stuff. I was like, what? When did this happen? So I simply clicked on it, put a tweet out, screenshot it, put a tweet. Out. I was like asking Twitter, hey, what's up with this guy? Is that when did he do this type thing? They went ape crap. I'm just telling you, Tim, they lost their minds. You know, you're just trying to stir up trouble. You're just trying to get clear. I'm, I, I asked a question. <laughs> like, I'm hoping someone comes back saying it's been like this for several months. And a few of them did. But then I get DMs immediately following that going, it's not true, dude. They did. They had, you know, tell them the screenshot where they seen it, you know, back then. You know, where's the screenshot you had of them scrubbing it then? And then someone said he does it every year. Essentially what it is is he's only got two posts up. Both of them are him in a Packers uniform. But it, it looks like it's just being completely scrubbed. And you guys know, as silly as it sounds, all across the league, players do that when they're unhappy with the team they're at. So there's no mention of Packers in his bio, I don't believe. It looks like he is still following the Packers. So could have been just a, you know, a false alarm. But yeah, it's uh, uh, to be determined, I guess you could say, Dennis. I know some people want him gone, others would defend him to the end of the earth. I'm in the middle. If you're playing good football and you're a good teammate, I want you on the team. If you're not doing either of those, then hey, good luck to you. You know, that's just kind of how I see it. So let's see what else we got here in the chat real quick, and then we'll get to some of these young, uh, these youngins as I refer to them um, on the roster. Uh, number one Packer fan. First of all, I spent money on tickets to that game, so excuse me if I want the pack to win after buying a ticket and showing up early to a tailgate. I'll be pissed if they drop that one, LOL, for real. I think he's talking about the Carolina game. Yeah, someone in the chat, I can't remember who it was, said they hope they lose. I don't I don't relate to that, man. I'm sorry, I don't. Looks like Jim's up in Boston, man. You uh, the upper in Patriots country, right? Yeah, stay safe up there, buddy. That's the storm that just blew through up down here, so. Yeah, just uh, stay safe. Yeah, Steve said I was sarcastic. I apologize. All right, got you, man. When I seen that number one, like, who in the heck said he's the best DC? <laughs> and what are they smoking? Um, all right, let's see here. Right here you go, Jen Wright. Drop, drop the jaw nonsense until we know. There you go. Jen has spoken. Everybody chill out on the jaw stuff, all right? I think Tim would agree with that, right, Tim? <laughs> yeah, man, definitely, 100%. Um, I'm, I'm a grown man, dog. I, I don't do the, the high school – you know, he deleted his pictures and, and he's not taking me in posts anymore. Yeah, I don't I don't Tag read into that crap person. too much at all. Is he going to ask for his ring back? Yeah, like, um, I'm not with that. You know, this is this is the type. I mean, guys, we got to be careful here. This type of this type of crap reminds me of some fans for some other teams that we don't we don't particularly like very much. So I don't want to I don't want to start going down those those roads at all so yeah i'm with you on that one jen for sure let's uh let's pump the brakes on the on the high school uh drama and speculation via social media yeah number one packer fan players also do that when it's the end of the season and they know they will not be playing anymore that season so sound like it's a pretty common thing got you man um let's see uh dennis shook said Goot gave Ja the highest contract at corner in the league. He should have he should have Gary's attitude and leadership. You know, everybody's not the same, Dennis. I agree with you. You know, you you would hope that it would he would kind of come with that approach. Um, who knows how he is behind the scenes, too? You know, 
may just be a show he puts on in the locker room. Uh, here's the issue I have, and, and I know, like Jen said just now, Andy Herman's take on it also, basically saying everybody just drop it. You know, it's a, it's just drama or what have you. Here's the issue I have with it. Now I'm just going to lay out like this is how I see the whole situation. All right, he he comes out with a shoulder injury, right? If it's a significant injury, then you put him on IR. He misses for four weeks, and then you you can free up a roster spot. That did not happen. It was week to week to week to week, right? And then he makes comments earlier in the year in the locker room saying, I guess we're just going to have to not give up any points. Remember when he said that? Yep. So that was a shot across the bow at the offense is the way some people took it. Me, was it a shot? I don't know. I, I'm not a damn mind reader, right? But I do know this. It's not a good look to say that. So the PR team with the Packers evidently went to him and said, hey, John, man, let's watch what we say out here, whatever the conversation was. So it was like the next week or the week after that, he said, maybe they should put me on offense, right? Yep. And then he talks to the local media, and they he was just very short with them. And this was Jason Wilde said this on his podcast uh, with Mark Tauscher, that as soon as they concluded the interview, as he was walking away, he said, I'm tired of being scolded for saying stuff to you guys, for talking to you guys. And Jason Wilde was like, well, why would he say that? That means the team has scolded him over what he said. And then he comes out after that and says, he and Matt LaFleur don't talk very much. Okay, so check, put that in the, you know, check that box. And then you have this rumor that he's not playing because he's not really hurt or not as hurt as he's letting on that he wants Joe Barry and the coaching staff gone. I think that's simply a rumor, me personally. But the problem I've got, the problem I have with the whole situation is you've got now Mark Towser saying he's he's hearing stuff. He thinks something's going on. You got Jason Wilde, who's got who uh, is saying stuff's going on. You've got Rob Domofsky, who's saying stuff's going on. I've asked people. I'm just going to say this. I've asked people behind the scenes that's in the building on a daily basis, and their response was, "I would rather not comment on it." So, cue cue the Mike Daniels tweet. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Because after watching this Tampa Bay game, I mean, I. I I reread that and I was like, wow, you know, maybe there's truth to that. Maybe this stuff goes deeper than Ja, goes deeper than Joe Barry and Matt LaFleur and Goody. You know, you talk about culture. There's some there, there's something going on here or something not going on that needs to be going on. You know, I don't know. Maybe, you know, we toyed with the idea of, <laughs> you know, do you think if the Packers mismanaged his injury, do you think they'd want to just be like, hey, we screwed up? You think they're going to come out and just say that? Oh, yeah, right. we should have put them on IR, you know, two months ago. Nobody's going to say that. Right. So we're left to speculate. I don't know. One thing's for sure, like Nick McSwain says in the chat, it is distractions. There's no two ways about that, man. Um, let's see here. Uh, Dennis in the chat said, first it was a neck, then a back, now a shoulder. Um, I don't, you know, not that you're doing this, Dennis. Um, I don't, you know, I try not to hold injuries over people. I don't know you're not doing that. You're just pointing out, look, he's like been three different injuries. Um, you know, those guys go out there and they they risk their livelihood every single day, you know, playing a tough sport. I got the utmost respect for them. It's hard for me to sit down here doing nothing physical and pretend like I understand what they go through with 
whatever the injury is, a stub toe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nope. Uh, I don't care. So, uh, yeah, but appreciate the comment there, buddy. Uh, he also pointed out Gary Ellerson, too. It's a good point. You know, him and Bakhtiari got, got into it on Twitter the other day. Um, so, Gary Ellerson obviously is hearing stuff behind the scenes as well. So, uh, there you go. Jen Wright says, seems like everyone loves dudes when they ball out, then they get paid, get hurt, and everyone wants to cut and trade them. Media is making more to it. Here's the thing, too. There was another player they did like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Well said. Remember Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> same same thing as soon as he signed that new contract, too, man. It was just like, man, if they're not performing up to peak level, I don't care what they've done for the organization, get rid of them. That just hard for me. I, I don't know. I would I would rather people uh kind of band together and and overcome the odds, you know, that type of thing. Kind of kind of persevere, but that's just me. So uh let's see. Uh, Dennis Shook says too many distractions from a guy you're paying uh paying that much money to. And I'm thinking there is uh <laughs> I like this. And then Dennis says uh bang, Q Jacobs conspiracy music. <laughs> we should have Jacob on here for this for sure. All right, let's see. Steve in the chat, did anyone see Tom Grossi explode? Wow, I've never seen him like that. He's fed up with Barry. He said he's done with Barry and this defense. That's not an original take, Steve. I don't know. <laughs> that seems to be going around. Did you see Nagler blow up? That was uh, that was phenomenal. That was perfect. Oh, no. That was perfect. Yeah. yeah, that to me was just like, whoa, Nags, you okay, bub? <laughs> I think he later somewhat apologized for it, but it was interesting. Um, that's why you that's why you watch Cheese Ed TV, man. You get those kind of reactions in real time when they're uh, when they're watching the game. I just gotta wonder, like, if he's in the facility doing media now, if the guys aren't just looking at him, like, so how how you feel, bro? How how you uh, feel? You know, I don't like like I. Yeah. That's why I stopped short of that, man. You can't you can't f this defense. You know who? You know how many people you're saying you're you're saying that to? Right. It's not just Joe Barry. Yeah. Does Joe well, Barry play 11 positions on the field simultaneously? There's a lot of dudes in that locker room that are that are playing ball. That's all I got to say. I, I just watch. I yeah. try to stay away from that. You say whatever you want privately, but you're on a, yeah. you're on a stream, man. And you're credentialed media. It's right. crazy. He, man. I know they tried to get Aaron Rodgers to come over to Corey's and do a uh, do an interview there. Uh, a couple summers ago or whatever, and it never never took place. But he, he's not in the building, obviously. He's located in New York now. It's typically where he does his pod from. I try to watch and listen daily. Um, like their work, man. Love their dedication, especially in the offseason, doing a show every single day, even in the offseason. Um, you got to appreciate that. But, yeah, he uh, – um, I don't think he's in the building anymore. But I think you're spot on there too, Tim. You got you to be respectful, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, guys, I, what we want to do – That's what Bears fans do. You know, Bears fans – you know, have these crazy rants and we've, you know, are they argue with each other and it's like, guys, you got to pump the brakes a little bit here. I don't know if you heard that, but Mandy just laughed from the other room when you said that. So yeah. um, <laughs> with that being said, the number one Packer fan says, uh, I have no doubt. I have no doubt that he's frustrated with the coaching staff, but he said his shoulder injury is significant and hinders him from playing, putting him, I think uh, two things, uh, two things can be true. Yeah, I could see that. Um, and he did say the other day they asked him straight up, and you got to. That's why I'm like, you got to take people's word for it, man. Until you until you're proven otherwise. Like they asked him straight up, you know, it, are you are you missing time for anything other than the injury? He went, no, no. So I'm always going to take people's word for it until they lie to me, and then I'm done with you. That's just kind of how I feel about that. You know what I mean? Uh, 
even on a personal level, mainly on a personal level. So uh, let's see here. What else we got? Uh, number one Packer fan said, Nagler's blow up was hilarious, LOL. But honestly, there are tons of people, even in the media, who have similar reactions as fans in the moment. And that's the thing. They're not on camera, right? Number one Packer fan. I've had people say, Clay, you need to do a watch party. No way, man. No way. That's not my cup of tea. Y'all would be bored to death. You know what, my, you know what the watch party would be for me? You, you would see me with a notepad going. B- bunch nasty X against uh, it. Okay. You know the game? <laughs> they ran three verts with a dig underneath. What's that concept? I'd be on Google. All right, what's that? Okay, yeah, that's a con- – oh, wow, Texas Tech ran that concept three times last week. Cool. Like, that's the stuff I do during the game. <laughs> you would be bored out of your mind. It'd be like watching paint dry. Um, let's see here. Brent in Indiana, thank you for the super chat, Seagro. Um, thanks for the dedication every day. Appreciate the stream. Hey, thank you for watching, man. Um, you guys have made this – even in a down year, that's what I'm saying, man. You can have a good time watching football even in a down year. We knew it was going to be a rough year. If you listen to the pod, we said six to ten wins. We're at six. We're kind of stuck. <laughs> you know, there was a time when I said, hey, I could see 11. That was early in the year. And then we came back to nine, probably closer to seven. And then it was, hey, we're probably going to get the nine. Now we're probably sitting somewhere around seven or eight at the, at the peak. Which to me, guys, what else can we ask for? Youngest team in the league, first-year starter, um, ton of injuries, right? Probably going to be some coaching shakeups now. Although I'm telling you guys, I won't be surprised if we look up here in a couple of months and Joe Barry's still the DC. Like everybody's getting in their mind, it's a slam dunk done deal. I hope it happens. I hope they try to improve because the message is not getting to these players. That's that's the point. Like miscommunications at a mass level are are continuing to happen, and we're going into week 15. Like something's got to happen. It does. I don't think it's a scheme. You guys know how I feel about that. I don't think it's a scheme. When I watch the tape and there's blown coverages, you got Dre late to the spot. You got, uh, you know, I, I counted two, I think maybe three times during the game, and I'll try to point them out. If we have a chance to do chalk talk, I got to get back home with my software and everything. Hopefully, the stream is sounding okay to you guys. Let me know in the chat if the quality is okay because I don't know how the Wi Fi is here. But, um, three different occasions, at least two, maybe three different occasions, Rudy pre snap, not post snap pre-snap is jumping up and down screaming at people doing this and no adjustment was made at one point he just literally goes and he just drove back to the center of the field like i'm just going to keep everything in front of me here they're lost and that is on the coaches too now go across the defense carrington valentine seventh round pick jonathan owens i don't even know if he was picked i don't even know if he was a draft pick when he was when he came in the league um other safety rudy ford right where was he drafted I bet people in the chat don't even know. <laughs> I don't know right offhand. Carrington Ballantyne or Corey Ballantyne, where was he drafted? Keyshawn Nixon, where was he drafted? You see what I'm saying? Devondre Campbell, where was he drafted? Quay, a first-round pick, absolutely. Rashawn Gary, yes. You can see they're dumping money into the pass rush, but, you know, yesterday too, man, what they have? Did they have like five sacks yesterday? Am I thinking right, Tim? Yep. That was one of the positives. So, there you go. Um, but yeah, appreciate it, Brent. Thank you for the super chat. Thank you, even more so. Thank you for the kind words, buddy. We appreciate it, man. Um, let's see here. Uh, Derek K just says, pull up that diesel. We haven't played one yet. Let's test the software here with this on the road, uh, uh, equipment. Let's see if we can spool up that diesel. Yeah, the diesel's still firing. I'll tell you what else is still firing, too. John Deere Green. On a hot summer night, 
Hero Billy Bob loves Charlene. I hope he's able to still, you know, harvest crop with the thumb issue. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. We'll figure it out, man. He's an overcomer. You kidding me? He'll, he'll get it. Dennis Shook said, Nags is openly sauced up and very low, vocal in fan in fan like reactionary criticisms. Yeah. There's I guarantee you there's a large portion of the people who have dogged on him for that that do the same thing at home. They're just not on camera doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it is what it is. Uh let's see here. Uh our boy uh Derek K in the chat said go ahead and hit me with one of those 65s. 65 65%. Which by the way, man, it sounded like Aaron Rodgers is gonna try to play on Christmas Eve, is what I'm hearing. So uh that is absolutely wild. Got a, he's like I got a death wish, man. Like <laughs> that, that whole line is bad, Tim. It is so bad. So bad. All right. We got a couple other things to hit on. I want to do this real quick if we can. First of all, everybody in the chat, please uh hit that like button for us so other Packer fans can find this channel, find this content. We appreciate you hanging out with us here this morning. Um, so the game yesterday, obviously. We, we made a recommendation or just said – I know I put action in on it. I told you guys Kate Otten under two catches – or under two and a half catches. He came in at two catches, so we won that bet. Um, just wanted to kind of put a plug out there. And, and I'm starting to unveil a little bit and show people how I put a little action on the game and how I play it very, very safe in that regard. Um, I just want to say this, though. BetUS is the official sports book of Packers Total Access Live. Appreciate them coming on board. Excited to be partnered with them here for the long haul. Um, if you want to support the channel, another way you can do it is to click on the link in the description. That'll send you directly to BetUS. You can set up a free account with them, and that goes toward our standing with BetUS. It will sh if you click on that link, it'll show that we sent you to them. Um, if you guys are already kind of putting action on the game and, you and you've already got a sports book, I highly recommend you trying out BetUS. They've got a smooth interface. They've got great lines, done a really, really good job. Like I said, um, we uh, we hit on Kate Otten under yesterday. We got a game tonight, um, and it's going to be the Eagles and the Seahawks. So what I like to do is go through PFF and look at the edge compared to some of the stuff that I'm looking at from a gambling standpoint. And uh, a couple things that stood out to me here, if you'll look, under eight and a half carries for Jalen Hurts, not quite as uh, quite as good odds or, or uh, a PFF edge. Um, ranking as the Kate Otten pick, but these are the the two that have the most support from the PFF Edge system using their analytics and saying, "Hey, this looks like a good bet." Okay, so this prop bet will be Jalen Hurts under eight and a half carries. Okay, two of three bars full there at eight point seven percent, I believe it is. And then if you go down to Gainwell, um, I believe it's receptions. You'll notice eight point seven percent there as well gain well to have under one and a half receptions. So what I did was I actually put together a little parlay. I put both of them together on a parlay and uh, not that's not advice to you guys. I'm just kind of giving people insight into what I'm doing. If you go to their site, you will see both of those prop bets on BetUS. There you see at the top of the screen, you've got the Jalen Hurts under. It's minus 134. And then if you couple that with the gain well, under one and a half receptions, I think it came to a plus 235. So it gives you really good odds on that parlay. So again, never gamble anything that you can't afford to lose. Um, that's that's the rule of thumb I've got is, hey, look, it, 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 it's like buying a cup of coffee. It's like whatever, you know, if it's $1, $5, $100, whatever, you plan on losing that. You're not going to miss it. That's the rule of thumb for me. So make sure you gamble responsibly. 
Um, I think they've even got a hotline to 1-800-GAMBLER if you feel like you have a gambling problem. Um, a lot of support there. But again, America's sports book, favorite sports book. This is their 30th year in business in 2024. That's BetUS. They are the official sports book of Packers Total Access. Appreciate them coming on board. Let's talk about the youngins. You want to, Tim? Boom. Paul Bretta, you're, you're muted again. Even on the oh, road, we're muted. There we go. All right. <laughs> Paul Brettel says, a bright spot in today's game, Wicks, along with Reed and Kraft, were able to shine, hauling in 206 of Love's 284 passing yards and both touchdowns. He, Wicks, going out there, and he's making big plays, making plays. I think it was Matt LaFleur that said that. Wicks is a dog, man. He, you Listen, I, I feel more confident – I didn't feel like this about Dobbs last year. I'll be honest with you. I didn't feel like this about Christian Watson, you know, and I love Christian Watson. But, Tim, when you see Wicks play, there's no, yeah, but he does this bad, or, yeah, he's got to work on this. There's high upside, but, you know, he's not good at this. There's none of that with Wicks' game right now. Am, am I am I being too much of a fanboy with that, or are you seeing it the same way? Because that dude just looks like he belongs. Man. Yeah, runs the route perfect, good hands. Great, great body control, great footwork. Um, another guy not playing like a rookie. I mean, it, it is. I, I don't think you're you're being too high on him. I think he. I think we might have really found ourselves, you know, a blue chip type of dude, as they would say. Um, and he ain't the only one, man. Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed is uh, something to watch too. So there's a lot to be excited about uh, with our young. Uh, I won't even say receivers, just you know, young pass catchers in general on this team. But yeah. Uh, Don Wick as Jacob um, definitely uh, I mean he's been putting veteran DBs in a blender all, all season long and um, I'm here for it I can't wait to just watch him grow I, I don't think there's a ceiling for Tay Wicks at all Mr. Yeah. Rebel. definitely Nick McSwain in the chat said Hurts is six so be careful on that notice we took the under Nick you'll never see me betting over never that's one of my rules um, so uh, now if he doesn't play there's some sports books. I need to check with that. That's a great question. There's some sports books that just call it a push. They give your money back and say, okay, he didn't play. But uh, the bet is in. So, um, yeah, that's another thing that comes into factor. I just don't – I don't understand the overbetters. I really don't. Now, they give you good odds and for good reason, right, because you're probably not going to win that bet. But, uh, again, don't use this show as gambling advice. I'm just simply opening it up to you guys and going, here are the things that I'm kind of looking at for the week because we've got, uh, like I said, BetUS on board with us. So um, let's see. Yeah, but, yeah, with Wicks, man, he's he's going to be solid. Um, and and Tucker Craft has really impressed me. Uh, the thought of him and Musgrave and 12 personnel moving forward is really, really exciting to me. I'm, I'm really eager to see how they, uh, how they show up um, when they get in the lineup together. Now, I don't see any reason to bring Musgrave back now this year, Tim. Maybe you disagree. Um, if you, nope, uh, I'm with you, <laughs> even if you squeak into the playoffs, man, lacerated kidney ain't nothing to play with. Um, it, it's obvious it was, it was serious enough for him to, to potentially miss the rest of the season. Just sit him down, man. Let's, uh, let's muscle through without him. That's, there's more, more to life than just football. And, uh, that can be something serious if you ain't careful for sure. So, um, this was a cool stat PFF Packers put up. Jordan Love has thrown a touchdown pass to six different rookies this season. I said that's got to be first in the league. I mean, I, I'm still waiting on that. I'm waiting on confirmation. I, I imagine it is. He's thrown a touchdown pass to six different rookies this season. And there are people that are screaming fire everybody because they're having a down year. Six different rookies catching passes. just absolutely wild. 
um, absolutely wild, which pretty cool stuff that uh, we've drawn these p- parallels between the 92 season, and we're going to continue to do that. I think it's fun to do that type of stuff. You guys know I'm a history nerd. Um, it's cool to see some of the parallels between 1992 and this year. Now, it, it hope is starting to dwindle a little bit that we'll get to the nine-win mark that they did, right? I was just simply pointing out there's a good chance you could get the nine wins. Probably going to finish with seven or eight would be my guess if I had to put money on it right now. But who knows? They may be able to kind of run the table here and get the nine. But um, we're actually going to have – if you guys remember, I showed a video yesterday of a week 14 highlights of Packers-Lions in Milwaukee, right, at County Stadium. And their starting running back, one of their running backs, was actually Daryl Thompson. So uh, really, really excited to announce – we should have Daryl on the podcast here in the next few days. So, nice. yeah, Daryl Thompson's going to come on. And, and I just wanted to kind of get one-on-one time and say, hey, man, what, he's doing some awesome stuff with charity work, kind of being a mentor and creating an, not just him being a mentor, but creating an organization that mentors young people um, up in the uh, Minnesota. I think it's uh, St. Paul area, if I remember correctly. I'll get him to talk about all that. But um, what, he, what, what I want to get uh, from him in that interview is – Tell us what it was like being on the team in 92. I think he was there in 93 as well. Um, what was it like? And, and do you see any parallels between this team and that team? I think that would be a really cool conversation. So uh, um, we're going to continue to try to bring you guys those kind of guests. I need to get Andy Herman back on too. It's been a while. The last time we chatted, he was swamped with training camp and everything. So I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of give – give him a little bit of time to uh, – and you see him on other pods and stuff, so I need to reach back out to him see if we can get him on for sure. Um, but, again, we'll bring you that. We'll try to get Mike Wall back on. we got a couple other players lined up too in the hopper that uh, – we're just so blessed, man, to have former players that are willing to go, yeah, man, I'll get on top ball with you. We need to get uh, uh, Tony Mandarich back on too, man. I really enjoyed that conversation. We need to have him on soon. So uh, we're going to put together a uh, – we're going to put together a kind of a roster of uh, a potential guests – and especially for the off season, you know, that when, oh, yeah. when there's not as much football to talk about, that's the best time to really have those conversations too. So, um, yeah, Jim says, cool. I like Thompson. Yeah. Watching that highlight reel, man, he looked like he played the game the right way for sure. You know, I wasn't a Packer fan back then. Um, I was, uh, I was pretty young too, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of cool to see. That, to see that takes me back. I love that clip, Clayton. I'm so glad you shared that. I'm a County stadium kid, man. I was 11 years old, man. It takes me back watching those teams and, you know, being, being there for that, the pack is back momentum and that excitement that was starting to brew there in the early nineties. Some of my earliest memories as a Packer fan. I love it. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. Dakota in the chat. Good to see you, buddy. Hope the married life's going good. My friend, he said, Omer, I won't give Barry a chance. I gave him plenty. His defense has failed us at the worst possible time. The last three years, um, not the last three years. I disagree with that, Dakota. If you'll remember his uh, his only time coaching as the DC in the playoffs, he actually held San Francisco six points. So we, uh, I know it, it gets kind of swept under the rug a lot. Not that you're doing it intentionally, but um, as far as uh, the last two years, yeah, I just think we got to move on, man. Again, I've kind of kind of felt like that for the most part all year. Um, you know, again, I get I get labeled the the Barry apologist because I simply show the tape and go, actually, this isn't Barry's fault here. They are screwed the pooch on this play. <laughs> but I think it's just time to uh, to make a move there for sure. Um, question is, what system do you go to? And fans have got to really kind of step back and go, all right, 
there's going to be a little bit of a transition period. Now, if you can turn it around like Brian Flores did in Minnesota, which I got roasted for that in the offseason, you know, I'm a big Belichick guy. You guys know this. And most fans hate Belichick. Um, you know, one of the things I said in the offseason over and over and over is don't be surprised. I told my nephew this, who's a Vikings fan. I said, listen, man, Brian Flores, real deal. You bring him in, he's going to play aggressive. He's going to bring a hybrid approach as well. Um, I think he'll turn that defense around real quick. I said, everybody's down on this defense because they cut a bunch of people loose. But watch what happens when Brian Flores comes in there. Um, I had other people say he don't have the guns. You know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a person I remember talking to was uh, my boy Dusty Evely. We need to get him back on the show too, man. Um, I just I feel like I'm always bothering him where he's got the kids and everything. He's an awesome dad, superstar dad out there. But he said, Clayton, I don't think they've got the guns to do what Brian Flores does in Minnesota. So it made me step back and go, okay, maybe I'm maybe I'm a fanboy here with Flo, with with B Flow, and turn it around quick, no doubt about it. So it can happen when you switch DCs, it can turn around quick. But also, most of the time, the norm is there's a little bit of a transition period. What I don't want to see happen: scrap the whole coaching staff, bring in a new DC, and week four everybody's going, "This is a bad hire, fire." And <laughs> that's going to drop. Well, that's in. exactly what's going to happen. So just prepare yourself because <laughs> nobody's going to be patient enough to let a new install take place. I mean, it's what happens. Yeah. I mean, we got, we got, fan, I'm going to keep it real, man. We have to do better as fans sometimes, guys. Let's just be honest. I'm not, I don't care how you fan, that's your business. But, you know, making an effort to, making an effort to understand the NFL and, and this game and how things work uh, is what has brought me more calm as a fan. Um, it just in, in recent, probably the last year and a half, two years. And um, it's helping me see things more objectively. And when you understand something, it's a heck of a lot easier not to fly off the handle and have extreme reactions and overreactions and, you know, things like this. So, hey, you, you want to do, you know, fan how you want to fan. That's fine. But I'm just saying make it make an effort to understand things so that, you know, what do we always hear fans say? Well, I just don't understand. I don't understand why. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> I don't. But we're, but we're trying. trying. <laughs> we're trying to. Oh man! So I'm done. I'm off the pulpit now. All right, that, that's it. No more, no more fan uh, public service announcements from me yeah. today. I'm just so proud of you. If you guys look on the ticker right this second, quote: <laughs> "I won't curse. I'm an effing pro, Tim." <laughs> I will never forget you saying that, bro. It was hilarious. <laughs> it, it was right up there with the with the quote from Emilio talking about the hard stools at uh. At B at B Dubs, <laughs> I'm so I'm so sick of watching this team lose sitting on a hard stool, thirty feet away or twenty feet away from a thirty inch TV. <laughs> Lost it. Dennis shook in the chat said, "Clayton, uh, when was the last class that we drafted that were as good as these rookies? So many great picks this past draft. It's so true, man. This may be Goody's best draft class now." One that needs to be mentioned is 2020, Jordan Love. Listen, I know he missed some throws in that game yesterday, and it's frustrating when it happens. But when you see his completion percentage continue to climb and you see him scramble out on that play and throw that laser to Jaden Reed and Jaden Reed getting his feet in, bro, like I'm trying not to over-exaggerate what I'm about to say, but it's the only way that I know to explain it to him. When I watched it back, I had to rewind three times to watch that throw. When he let it go and I seen 
Jaden Reed come into the frame, I'm thinking, ah, oh, it, it's never going to get there. And it was like halfway through the throw. Somehow, some way, the ball speeds up. <laughs> it continued to gain velocity. It was just like, damn, what a throw. And Jaden Reed, I, as soon as immediately, I always watch the player's reaction. Usually they will tell you how confident they are that they got their feet in. And I thought, there's no way he's in. And Jaden threw that ball up in the air. I went, I trust Jaden. He got his feet in. And you watch the replay, man. What a toe tap, dude. You talk I mean, that was incredible because his, you know, he, he controlled his, he dragged the left toe and then got the right toe down. I mean, it was just complete body control. And again, yeah, an absolute laser beam from Jay Money. I mean, that ball was exactly where it needed to be, right? Another, another six inches to the boundary. It's not, it's not a tutter. You know, and if it's inside, it's picked. I mean, you're talking margin of error on a throw like that is like this much. And, you know, I, I'm not going to go with the, the big comparisons, but in, in 2020, we heard a lot of, uh, you know, draft talk. Jordan Love and Patrick Mahomes name were thrown around together a lot when, when they were comparing him to quarterbacks in the league. And then I see a throw like that and I think, yeah, that kind of. Kind of looks like that type of a game, right? Roll right, buy a little time, throw a dart to the only place on the field on the planet Earth that your receiver can catch the ball. Only hmm. difference is our receivers are making plays, right? <laughs> right. That's it. You, you got know, it, that's why that's why Mahomes is frustrated in in Kansas City, man. He's he's putting balls on guy right on their hands and they're not catching them. Um, yeah. So yeah, Jaden Reed, man, monster, monster uh, footwork and um, great hands catching a dart like that. Yeah. And well covered. I mean, he was – he probably had half a step on that defender maybe at, at the yeah. most. And uh, so that's just good good ball by uh, Love and Reed there for sure. Yeah. As far as that draft class too, Dennis, I mean, we I, I don't do draft grades. I think it's very, very egotistical to go, oh, this team I give them a C. Like you're basically saying I understand more about, you know, uh, grading, grading tape – great in athletic ability. I understand more about player evaluation than an NFL front office. That just that takes one hell of an ego to do that. I don't do the grades, but I will say this. When I can when I put my draft board together, you can usually tell, man, this GM did an excellent job maneuvering the draft board and and getting as many bots at the pie as possible, right? As many of those quote unquote top players cuz listen, nobody knows, guys. The success rate is so low in the NFL draft because everybody's just kind of firing from the hip with as much information as they got, right? They do. Don't get me wrong. There's a ton of man hours that goes into building a draft board in an NFL facility, even the, the, the least successful NFL, you know, organizations. But when we, when we finished that draft, it was hands down the most excited I've been about a draft class. I stepped back and went, man, Goody was in his bag. Um, And you've seen it. You've seen it all year long. Like, name a bad draft pick from this year's draft. I mean, I, I, seriously, Tim, first round, LVN's pouring it on. You see PFF is slowly coming up every single week. If you grade out in the 60s, that typically says you're going to be a great NFL player, right? You're, I mean, when you come in the league and you grade out in the 60s, you belong. And you'll see it progress into the 70s and then hopefully the 80s and who knows, maybe even as an elite player. But you're seeing it. 60s, 60s, 60s. Last week, 72. This week gets another sack. You're starting to see it ramp up. He hit on LVN. Although you guys know I've been very vocal that if we could go back, 
I think I would rather trade back and take Brian Branch in the back side of the first round and then continue the rest of the picks. That way you kind of sure up that nickel or safety in your base. I think we could use that more than we could use LVN right now. But long-term, LVN may be the next great pass rush. He may be the next Rashawn Gary. LVN, great pick. Jaden Reed, great pick. Luke Musgrave, I think that's a, a good pick. We don't know if it's great yet. Good, definitely. Tucker Craft has looked like he's going from good to great, right? Dontavian Wicks late in the draft. Like, it's all across the board. I can't think of one pick where I go, ah, he probably missed on that one. If you could think of one in the chat, guys, fire away. We're getting ready to wrap up. But I just can't think of one, Tim. I really can't, man. Um, we need to pull up that draft class for uh, for the next show we do. I'd like to see that. But I agree, Dennis. Uh, AFAM in the chat says, would you rather have Jaden Reed or Rasheed Bryce? Oh, Jaden Reed all day long, man. Um, wide receiver is way more valuable than running back, in my opinion. Both are great players, right? Now, Rasheed Rice, I'm thinking right now. Oh, man, is Rasheed Rice a receiver? I'm thinking of the receiver or the uh, the running back yesterday. I may have them mixed up. Um, Rasheed Rice, didn't we play them? I may be getting them mixed up. I, I guess what I'm trying to say, I wouldn't give up Jaden Reed for anything. I love that dude. He's a spark plug, man. He's going to be that Swiss Army knife. I think he's going to be kind of your Percy Harvin type that in a pinch he can just line up in the backfield too once you get the receiver room really established. Uh, now, he's got he's to learn how to control uh, – um, you know, the hits he takes, there's no doubt about that. That dude will just, I mean, he'll lower his head and run into a wall, man. Um, but yeah, you're right, man. Two studs. I know Rashid Rice has gotten a lot of, a lot of pub. I've heard the name a lot. I'm trying to think. I, there's so many players I've looked at now. Um, put in the chat there, receiver. Yeah. KC receiver. Okay. So we played him a couple of weeks ago. That's what I was thinking, right? Yeah. So, uh, both great players, you know, obviously, but, uh, I'm taking Jaden Reed over Rashid Rice personally. Um, Nick McSwain, one bad game and fire everyone. It's kind of talking about what you were hitting on just a second ago, Tim, with the coaching staff. It's so true, man. It's so true. So uh, you're probably going to have to deal with that when you bring in a new D.C. unless they have just crazy, you know, crazy uh, uh, results right off the bat. But there's going to be a transition period. The, the issue I have and the reason I've had my stance all year long about the defense is the mistakes that are being made on the field, a new D.C. doesn't fix that, I don't believe. But a new D.C. does bring in new position coaches, and I think that's probably the, the big thing everybody's overlooking is when, when, you're, when you're blowing coverages, right, when you're blowing coverages and you're missing tackles, to me that doesn't fall on the D.C. The D.C. isn't out there teaching them technique on how to play a coverage. That's your position coaches, right? Yep. So from the D.C. standpoint, yes, he organizes the whole staff, and, and as he goes, everyone else goes, and that's where Joe Barry has fallen short big time. Scheme-wise, I think Barry's done a decent job. It's just the player's not performing on the field. you got to put that on the coaches, too. Now, yesterday, they did get out-schemed. At some point, you got to look up and go, okay, these guys, we're just not getting, the, we're not getting to the point of attack. Let's throw in some cover one man. Um, but definitely didn't do that, to the best of my knowledge. Again, I haven't went back and watched the All-22 yet, but I'm down here where I don't know how much time I'm going to have. We went an hour and 12. I wanted to go a little long this morning for you guys and gals because I don't think we're going to do a show tonight because we're going to go out to dinner. But if everything goes as planned, there'll be morning and evening shows the next two days. And then I get back to Tennessee. I think we fly back out Thursday afternoon. So um, should be able to do a show Thursday morning, fly out, and then do a show from Tennessee Thursday night. That's the goal. So appreciate you guys being patient with us for sure. Um, Tim, parting thoughts, man. Um, I'm going to head over to 1265 and give Joe Barry a hug today for everyone. I'm going to send, send, send our love and our support as fans. Uh, because we care about this team and we want this team to be successful. 
and we want to support our players and our coaches and not throw them under the bus and not just be belligerent haters who complain and don't propose any solutions. So I'm just going to tell Joe that I love him, man. And I'll, I'll give a big co-sign and shout out to all the Packer fans out there just, just to make y'all mad on a Monday. That's what I'm going to do today. <laughs> no, no, no. In all seriousness, though, guys, um, I think he's probably he, we're, he's probably coaching his last few uh, games yeah. here in Green Bay. And, um, you know, we just got to uh, let this thing play out. You know, uh, only time's going to tell. My my uh, gut is telling me uh, Coach Lafleur is going to wait on any kind of decision like that until uh, till the end of the season, um, and it could come quickly. We could get an announcement quickly. It could happen in the off season. I don't know. I, I agree with the sentiment that if you're going to make a change, the sooner the better. At this point, you know, I, I I guess I see that. I just don't know if it benefits this team these last three games. Um, but we do know, guys, winning fixes everything. You know, for all intents and purposes, dear Lord, we should beat the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> so hopefully that happens. And then, uh, you know, we do that. You get yourself back on track and maybe you can steal one or two there at the end. These last two divisional games, that would be great. And uh, end on a high note, playoffs or no playoffs. If this team finishes nine and eight, it's a better, better record than last year. So yeah. that's an improvement in. I'll die on that hill for sure. So um, we'll see. It's not over till it's over, guys. But um, I'll make sure I send all your love and support to uh, to Joe Barry today when I go see him. Dennis Shook says, like I'm quoting Emilio from last night, Tim's going to drive his car through the pro shop. (laughs) Who are you kidding, Tim? (laughs) I love it. Uh, Jen right in the chat says, thanks, guys. We needed this. Hey, thank you, Jen. We appreciate y'all coming in here, hanging out with us, you know. After a tough loss, it's important to, to get in there and kind of talk about it. Say, all right, man, what happened? Why did it happen? Just try to understand everything at a different level. And uh, it's just good to have fellow Packer fans. You get in here and talk ball. Listen, you know, I, I got screenshots from people who are in Facebook groups and stuff, and there's there's a lot of other people taking different approaches. They, they love laughing at losses. They love laughing at anyone who has tried to point something out that didn't come to fruition. You know, here's my, here's my suggestion. Leave those Facebook groups, you know. Mute those people, block them. Because some people like being miserable. That's just the way it is. We're not going to be like that here. We're going to, you see it, you got to say it. I always welcome those people too, man. The ones who think they, you know, they know everything about football and they, you know, you're an idiot for supporting this or thinking that. I, I got a lot of those DMs the other day. Yeah. yeah. Hey, come on. I'm an idiot because I don't agree with, with you and your misguided opinion. Okay. All right. Then I'll and be the idiot. I say, hop <laughs> on Chalk Talk with me. Crickets every time. Yeah. Let's get yeah. on here and talk some ball. They don't want to because they know they're going to get embarrassed. And when they get embarrassed, then now it's going to, okay, I lose credibility with the eight cronies that like my Facebook post because I like the dog on people constantly. Cracks me up. Um, but that's that's 2023. But, again, yeah. Jen, thanks for hanging out here with us. And we had a huge crowd in here this morning. It's awesome. This thing's growing like crazy. I can't – I'm telling you, between Twitter and YouTube. And it's all because you guys have supported us. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep doing what we do. I think Twitter is something like it was something insane. The last twenty eight days, over two million impressions. So it's just blowing up. Subs going through the roof. I think we're up to twenty two hundred subs on YouTube now. Every now and again, you get some uh, some idiot that hops in and goes, "Man, this is trash." I'm like, well, I still appreciate you watching, whether you think it's trash or not, and hit that sub button. Like. <laughs> So, but uh, we're going to continue to try to get better and up the production, and all that stuff. It's cool now that we've got a system that we can take on the road. So when I do go to Green Bay, whether I do make it there this year or not, 
we'll take the show on the road. Me and Tim can set up somewhere and and do a live podcast there. It's going to be awesome. So awesome. That's the goal anyway. Uh, Derek K says, thank you for the show, Clayton. Thank you, Derek. We appreciate you, buddy. Um, like I said, you guys are the reason this thing goes, man. And uh, Dennis Shook said, just got one request here. It looks like he just wants to hear this real quick. Roadhouse. That's what I love too, Tim. We When people get in here and act like knuckleheads, we got, we've got we actually got a, a sound drop to kick them out, man. You know that's <laughs> when you've arrived, right? <laughs> All right, we're out of here, guys. want to give a special thank you to – Chris N for the super chat, Brenton, Indiana. Thank you for the super chat. Everybody in the chat, you guys were phenomenal. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. We'll be back tomorrow morning for Good Morning Lambo. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go Pat Go.